man it feels good to be back we are back took a little break last week i am cameron urshery this is the six man with cam right here live on youtube at espn radio and man i'm glad to be back um just to recap everything that happened this week but before i do that a big shout out to the atlanta braves man hey look i just want to give a big shout out to the braves not only did you win the world series but you broke the curse like that's huge. You broke the curse. I'm just, I'm excited. Like, you broke the curse. I see people in the comments. What's up? What's going on? You just broke the curse, man. I'm excited. Hey, to dedicate that win, man, I got on the Outcast hoodie, Atlanta hat. And if you really Atlanta, you got the peach drink, light ice with the lemon pepper wings. So, you know, shout out to the Braves, man. And, I mean, what a big thing for Atlanta. It's been since 95, since they've won a championship in any type of competitive way so outside of atlanta united i don't put them in the curse but big shout out to the atlanta braves man i'm very excited very happy that they were able to um accomplish that feat and yeah the curse is broken if you're from atlanta the curse is broken and it, it's big it's big so i'm definitely happy um i'm definitely happy about that but let's just dive into something that was very controversial to me yesterday um very something that really bothered me a little bit. I liked it. I had a love hate relationship with it, and that's the college football playoff rankings. And as I'm looking at, it, I got my I got my notes right here. As I'm looking at it and everything, and I see a few things that I like. Um, we'll start from the top because I think the top we all know who is the number one team in the country. If you have any questions about that, then I don't think you've been watching college football all year. I just don't think you've been watching. So. Um, I have Georgia. Um, they have Georgia number one, who I have number one. Um, I think as of right now, if we're talking about, you know, teams have played eight, nine game, eight, nine games. So I guess we're in week nine. Uh, I think Georgia's the best team in the country. Um, uh, top to bottom. Uh, their offense is a tad bit shaky for the most part, but they have the best defense in the country. Um, they bring it every game. They get stops. They bring the energy and the, and the toughness to every game. And, that's why I have Georgia number one, and so they agree with me as well. But number two is where some people got a little upset where I agree with it. Alabama's number two. Why would they not be? Um, they're 7-1. and one. Um, Just because they lost to Texas A&M, Texas A&M is ranked number 14 in the country. Playing in the SEC is really tough, man. Um, if you've watched college football in the past, playing in the F SEC in itself, it doesn't matter if you're in the West or East, it's tough. If you put any team from the Big Ten, any team from the Big 12 in the SEC, and you could put their best team. If you put Oklahoma in the SEC this year, they're the fourth or fifth best team. They're the best team in their conference right now. So, you know, Alabama is definitely deserving of that number two spot. I don't beat them up about going to College Station, one of the hardest places to play in the country, and just losing a close game to Texas A&M. I mean, Alabama has a brand-new team, basically, especially their offense. They lost – a bulk of their offense, 90% of the offense. Lost Najee Harris, first-round pick. Lost um, Matt Jones, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, all first-round picks. All went top 25 in the draft. You lost all of them, and then you're able to come back the next year, recoup, and still be a top-10 team, a top-three team in the country. I got um, Alabama's at number two now. Shout-out to James Ohama. We had him last um, two weeks ago on the show. Michigan State's number three. I agree with that. That's a big win they had against Michigan. They went on, I want to say, a 23-3 run, a 23-3 run to beat uh, Michigan. They was up 30-4. Uh, Michigan was up 30-14 against Michigan State. They came back and beat Michigan. 
Um, so that's a big win. Now, this is where things get controversial. Um, you know, I would love to hear some of you guys and how y'all feel about this. The rankings from 4 through 14. So we're covering rankings, the college football rankings from 1 through 14. I would love to hear you guys and how y'all feel about this. They have Oregon at 4. Now, granted, I would put Oregon ahead of Ohio State because Oregon beat Ohio State. They went into Ohio State. They went into Columbus and beat them on their own home field. I agree with them being ahead, but what I don't agree with, I don't think Oregon nor Ohio State should be ahead of 8-0 Cincinnati. Oregon 7-1, they lost to a 3-5 and Stanford. Ohio State 7-1, they lost to the 7-1 Oregon Ducks. Cincinnati is 8-0 and undefeated. The best road win this year in college football the best road win, man, it, 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 it's one. the best road win is actually Oregon going into Ohio State and beating them. That's the best road win. What's the second best road win in college football? Cincinnati going to Notre Dame and beating them 24 to 13. And for everybody that's like, oh, it's Notre Dame. So when Georgia did it a couple of years ago and beat Notre Dame 20 to 19, we celebrated that like it was the national championship. I'm a Georgia fan. We celebrated that like it was the national championship. Oh, Georgia beat Notre Dame on the road 2019. It was the biggest win Georgia had ever had in program history in I don't know how long, since the SEC championship in 2003 with DJ Shockley. But, and then the previous year, the next year, the following year, we beat Notre Dame barely at home. And I want to say we beat them, I wanna, it was like 24-17. And we deemed that as a big win, a marquee win. But when Cincinnati does it, nobody takes it serious. Nobody takes them serious. And that's the flawed position that I'm in about the college football playoffs. Cincinnati's handled business. If you look at Cincinnati's schedule, Ohio State and Oregon, I guarantee you if you look at their schedule, Cincinnati has more quality wins and they've played the same strength of opponents. So I know I, I see somebody that's in the chat that I know personally and you're going to love when I say this. When Clemson goes and plays that weak SEC schedule every year and they beat one last year, for instance, Clemson went to the college football playoffs last year. Can anybody tell me how many ranked wins Clemson had last year? That would be zero. They didn't beat not one ranked team last year, y'all. Not one ranked team. And yet they went to the college football playoffs with a loss. It, didn't it took them to go into the ACC championship to be one ranked team in Notre Dame. But in the regular season, Clemson did not beat one ranked team. Cincinnati has beaten a top 10 team on the road this year by double digits. Notre Dame is number 10. Ohio State's best win is against unranked Penn State, a three-loss team. How is Ohio State ahead of Cincinnati? Okay, you want to talk about the rest of Ohio State games? They lost to Oregon, who they got handled by. They was down 14 the whole game. Ohio State's next best win is against Rutgers, Maryland, and all those crap teams in the Big Ten that nobody really cares about come the middle of the season. Those are the type of teams Ohio State beat. Rutgers, Maryland, Illinois, all those type of teams that nobody cares about. And those teams have two, three wins. Akron, they beat Akron in, in like Tulsa. They beat Tulsa just 41-20. You gave up 20 points to Tulsa. But you're better than Cincinnati. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand what the committee does and how they rank these teams. But I, I would have Cincinnati at number four. I don't see how you put Ohio State and Oregon ahead of them. Oregon could be ahead of Ohio State. Um, but 
Ohio State nor Oregon need to be ahead of Cincinnati. Now, we're going to number seven in the college football ranking playoffs. For people that are coming in, we're talking about the college football playoff rankings. Um, we're at number seven where Michigan is. Michigan lost a tight one to Michigan State. I don't really push that on them or it messes up their resume because they went on the road into East Lansing. If the ball rolls the other way, they beat Michigan State. We're talking about Michigan being the number three team in the country if they beat Michigan State. So Michigan State at seven is perfect. This is where I'm lost for words. How is Oklahoma number eight? Then again, I'm not going to be, be, be on the bush, and I'm not going to you know, say the same thing, but Oklahoma is 9-0. They're undefeated. They beat Texas. They beat Texas Tech. They beat West Virginia. They beat all those teams handily. Show me a win on Ohio State's resume that is a better win than Oklahoma. You cannot find one. So how is a 9-0 Oklahoma ranked number eight and a 7-1 Ohio State whose best win came against a three-loss Penn State team is number five? I give you Oregon. Oregon beat Ohio State. That's why you could put them at, I wouldn't say four, but you could put them at five or six. Now we're going to number nine, Wake Forest. They're going to play out themselves. Wake Forest is 8-0, but they still have a lot of tough games. They still have Clemson on the schedule, Boston College, North Carolina. They'll lose a couple of them games. I, I predict they lose two games, but shout out to the Demon Deacons. We didn't expect them to be 8-0. They're number nine, so that's out of respect. Uh, Notre Dame's number 10 outside of them losing to Cincinnati at home. They've looked pretty decent for the most part this year. Beating Wisconsin, who's come on as of late, just beat Iowa, and now they're in control of the Big, um, Big Ten East, I want to say. So, yeah, now this is where things get interesting. Oklahoma State and Baylor is at 11-12. and 12. Oklahoma State and Baylor have already played. Oklahoma State beat Baylor, but Oklahoma State lost to Iowa State. But Oklahoma State owns that tiebreaker between them and Baylor. Oklahoma, who is at number eight. They put Oklahoma at number eight. Oklahoma State at 11. And Baylor at 12 for a reason. Because Oklahoma still has to play Oklahoma State and Baylor and have to go on the road. I want to say Oklahoma's next game is in Waco against Baylor. And the last game of the season is against um, Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Oklahoma will lose one of those games. And if they lose one of those games or both of those games, you will see Oklahoma State and Baylor rematch. Do y'all look? Do y'all see how they set this up right now? So you could potentially have, when it's all said and done, in the SEC championship, number one Georgia against number two Alabama. You could also potentially have, in a couple of weeks, in a, next week actually, number three Michigan State against number five Ohio State. That's another top five matchup. They're setting this up for the money. Say Michigan State loses that. Ohio State and Michigan. By that time, Ohio State would be number three. Michigan be number five. That's another marquee matchup. They're setting it up. Oklahoma. Oklahoma has to play Baylor next week. By the time that comes, Baylor would be number 10. Number eight, Oklahoma against number 10, Baylor. Whoever wins that game is going to catapult into the top five. Same with Oklahoma State. So when Oklahoma State and Baylor meet in the Big 12 championship, they're both one-loss teams. Guess what? Whoever wins that game, they're going to the college football playoffs. It's wreaking havoc. And I haven't even gotten to 13 because this is where it gets interesting. 13 is Auburn. 14 is Texas A&M. Everybody, go on your little pad. Don't, don't, don't exit the stream. <laughs> but go on your pad, whatever you have, another device, and look up who plays this weekend. It's Auburn and Texas A&M. Number 13, Auburn. Number 14, Texas A&M. They're playing each other this week. One of those two will cancel each other out. If Auburn loses this game but beats Alabama, 
and Texas A&M wins this game and wins out, guess who goes to the SEC championship? Texas A&M. Because Texas A&M has beaten Auburn, and they beat Alabama. If Texas A&M loses this game, they're out of the race. But if Auburn wins this game, and it so happens to uh, win against Alabama, it would be Georgia and Auburn in the SEC championship. This is one of the craziest polls I've seen. Um, this is the first year where I can say, wow, we don't, we don't know who's going to make the playoffs outside of Georgia. I think Georgia will win the next four games, and even if they lose the SEC championship to who I think it will be Bama, Georgia makes the playoffs regardless. Bama makes the playoffs regardless. Outside of them two, I don't know who's going to be number three or four. Because Michigan State still has Ohio State on the schedule and Penn State. Ohio State still has Michigan State and Michigan on the schedule. They could lose both of them games for all we know. Oklahoma still has Oklahoma State and Baylor. Alabama still has Auburn. The only team on this list where you can definitively say, oh, they're okay, they're safe, Georgia. Because Georgia has none of these teams on their list until they play, and they don't know who they will play in the SEC championship. So, that being said, man, these rankings were very interesting. I, I, hey, I'll be the first to say it. I have a love-hate relationship with these rankings as of right now. They look pretty freaking good, though, as far as Georgia-Bama. I'm glad they got that right. I'm glad they got Michigan State at number three. They, they deserve it. Michigan State has beaten Miami. They beaten some t pretty good teams, man. They deserve it. Being um, Michigan, that was a big win. But what they're doing is the committee is showing you that they don't have any faith in Michigan State because they put Michigan State at three just so they can say when Ohio State beats them, if Ohio State beats them, Ohio State be the top three team in the country. That's what it's set up to. They put Michigan at seven so when Ohio State plays Michigan, who we all think Ohio State hit, who has owned Michigan basically my entire life, when they beat Michigan, oh, we beat number seven Michigan. So that's what it's set up to be. That's how it is. But, man, hey, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and, you know, go to a quick little, um, you know, music break, man. Go, everybody, grab a snack. We're just going to be on break for about 30, 30 seconds to a minute. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what teams in the NBA has impressed me so far and what teams have disappointed me. I'm disappointed. Y'all y'all going to be shocked. Y'all going to be shocked when I say who has disappointed me. And I don't think y'all will be shocked about who's impressed me outside of one team, but y'all will definitely be shocked about who's disappointing me. We'll be right back after this.
told you guys it'd be a quick break man we don't do really long breaks like that we try to get straight into it and man this nba season has been really 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 impressive so far this year um me personally i'm loving it um i'm loving how this nba season is going so far i am a lakers fan for everybody out there that doesn't know um and yeah man i mean my lakers are five and three but i mean I will go – I'm, I'm going to start off with who I'm impressed most, and I think the disappointment will, you know, you guys – I think y'all rather rather see, like, who I'm more disappointed in than who more – like, who I'm more impressed with. So the first team is it's the Chicago Bulls. Shout out to one of my homies, man. They they After the first show, I didn't even mention the Bulls making the playoffs. I, I kind of told him, you know, you know, hey, hey, I kind of told him I had them in the play-in game. And that was really a lot. I just, I can admit, I'll be the first one to admit, I just totally forgot about the Chicago Bulls. They have one of the top five NBA rosters in the league. Um, man, that starting lineup is different. You're talking about Lonzo, Pat Williams, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Vucevic. It, it's going to be really hard to beat this team. And right now, they're, I, I wouldn't say they're the best team come the end of the season, but right now through the first seven games, they've been the best team in the league. They're 6-1. and one. They've looked great. They're impressive. They're out here beating teams. They just smacked around the Boston Celtics, who, you know, disclaimer, I mean, that's who I'm, that's one of the teams I'm disappointed in. But we'll get there in a second. But the the Chicago Bulls, them boys is real, man. They're real. Um, there's something not to be reckoned with. Lonzo Ball. Uh, hey, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm happy that he's found a destination where he fits in. Alex Caruso, Laker fan too. He fits in perfectly there. They're playing some tough basketball. DeMar DeRozan looks great. Vucevic. Zach Levine is a freaking bucket, and he's going to be an all-star. DeRozan might be an all-star. You might see two, three guys on the team be all-stars, man, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs, dog. I mean, they're going to be a top three team, maybe top four. They're going to be a tough out in the playoffs, and, I mean, as of right now, the Bucks are injured. Miami, uh, Miami's getting things together. They've looked impressive. The Brooklyn Nets don't know if they're going to ever get Kyrie back. I mean, the the Bulls could take advantage of this right now. Yeah, they definitely can. So right now, I'm I'm impressed with the Bulls. In my second team, I'm impressed with I'm with, impressed with the Miami Heat. Um, they're doing their thing. I told y'all. Um, if you know me, I used to not be the biggest fan of Kyle Lowry. I am the biggest fan of Kyle Lowry now. Kyle Lowry is the ultimate leader. He goes into teams and he just changes their their franchise. He's Kyle Lowry's a, a perfect point guard. He'll get down and dirty. If you need him to take a charge. He'll take a charge. If you need him to just go out there, Kyle, we don't need you to score tonight. We need you to facilitate. We need you to make things happen. Kyle Lowry is going out there to do just that, and he's not going to complain. He's not going to whine and cry about none of it. I love Kyle Lowry, man. He is a he is a point guard that you can put on any team. You put him going to state, he'll work. You put him on the Lakers, he'll work. Any team. He is one of those point guards. You put him on any team in the NBA, Kyle Lowry's going to work. Jimmy Butler's a great leader. You got a lot of rough riders, and the, and the scary part is Victor Oladipo's not back. Tyler Hero, who I kept telling everybody, stop sleeping on Hero. He went from averaging 10 points to 15. Now the kid's averaging 22 a game. We saw him averaging damn near 30 in the bubble a couple of years ago. So, man, they look good. Bam is still an all-star center. That Miami Heat team is scary. Do I think they could beat the Bucs? Heck no. Do I think they could beat Brooklyn? No. Do they have a chance? Yes. That's the thing that I'm getting at. They have a chance to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They have a chance to beat Brooklyn. Last year, you could not say that. This year, with Kyle Lowry and that team and Hero and Victor Oladipo coming back, they have a chance to beat the Bucs. 
Also, another team that's rather impressive, the Toronto Raptors. Hey, Scotty Barnes, that kid is really good. He might win Rookie of the Year. He's averaging 18-9-2. 18-9-2 is a rookie. Uh, Scotty Barnes looks good. They don't even have Pascal Siakam back. Every thought they, everybody thought they was going to take a nosedive when they lost Kawhi Leonard. They are ten. They are five and three right now. The Toronto Raptors look really good. The Utah Jazz are impressive. They left off from where they left off last year. They're six and one. Last year they had the best record in the NBA. I think, and y'all hear me loud and clear. Y'all look dead into the camera. Donovan Mitchell is a better player than Luka Doncic. I like Luka, but Luka does not play any defense. Luka has not won a playoff series. If you know me, I love Luka. Luka is not better than Donovan Mitchell. Get that out your head right now. Get, get that out your head right now. Luka is not a better player as far as offense and defense than Donovan Mitchell. If you want to bring up scoring, Donovan Mitchell is one of the top five scorers in playoff history. Go look it up. He's one of the top five scorers ever. Top ten is my mistake, but he's one of the top five scorers. He can score just like Luka, but he plays better defense. He's won playoff series. He beat Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell, West, Russell Westbrook as a rookie, he beat all three of them. So, man, um, you know, I'm impressed with Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz. Now, the disappointed teams, and I see in the comments saying it's way, way too early for Toronto. Yeah, I mean, hey, these are your way too, way too early impressive rankings. I ain't saying these teams going to be good in two, three weeks. I'm just saying who's impressed me the first two weeks. And as of right now, those four teams have impressed me the most. I'm impressed with them. That's just me. I don't think they're going to make the play. I don't even know. Uh, I, I think these teams, all four of them teams, will make the playoffs. I don't think none of them will win a championship. But as of right now, they have impressed me. And that's why I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Toronto, Utah, Miami, and Chicago. Now, the bad thing is, hey, I, I'll knock it off first. This is the team I am disappointed in. I'm a Lakers fan. I'm disappointed in the Lakers. And everybody's like, Ken, what do you mean? The Lakers are the number three team in the West. They five and three. Well, I'm disappointed in my Lakers. And here's why. You lose to Golden State open tonight. Cool, open tonight. You get skull dragged by the freaking um, Phoenix Suns the second game of the season. It says on the box score we lost by 10. We lost that game by 30. If you go watch, it's embarrassing. After that, we have played absolutely nobody. We played Memphis. We beat John Morant. Cool, we got lucky. John Morant missed the free throw. But John Morant gave us 40. He gave us 40. We are the worst defensive team in the league, in my opinion. People are having teams are having field days against the Lakers. So we gave up 40 to John Morant and barely beat him because he missed a free throw. A two out of three. He, made, he went two out of three from the free throw line. Okay. Also with the Lakers, we have not played anybody. We blew a 26-point lead to the worst team in the league, in my opinion, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City is one and six. Now we'll be able to avenge that loss tomorrow night. But right now, Oklahoma City is 1-6. Their only win is against the Lakers. We blew a 26-point lead. Now, since then, we have won two games in a row. We've won against the Houston Rockets, who I think is the second-worst team in the league. Now, they got some young talent that you can look forward to in four or five years down the line. But as of right now, the Lakers can't guard nobody. If you put me, my sister, my mom, my dad, and my girl out there, we're, 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 we, we could score on the Lakers. Now, could we stop them? No. Lakers is a top five offense in the NBA. That's awesome. That's great. We knew they could score. You have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Um, you have Carmelo Anthony. We know you guys can score. Can you stop anybody? I think they're getting it together. Lakers are still my favorite team 
to win the NBA championship. Not because I'm a Lakers fan. I just think we'll win the NBA championship. But as of right now, being a realist, I just think, you know, the Lakers, I just, me personally, I just think the Lakers are not, they're not impressive right now. They're very disappointed. Another disappointed team, the Nets. I'm not going to be too hard on the Nets. They're missing Kyrie. But they, they've come out rather slow. And I'm more so disappointed in James Harden. I know he's coming off that hamstring injury. But, dude, it's been like six months. It's been a long time. So you had May, June, July, August, September, October. It's been six months, and you still have not got that hamstring. You haven't got that together, and that bothers me a lot that James Harden keeps coming. This is the first time where I've seen James Harden, well, second year in a row, where I've seen James Harden has come into the season out of shape. It's, it's disrespectful, and I just, I just don't like it. If you're in, if you're on the chance if you have a chance to win an NBA championship, you should not come into the season out of shape. Any athlete should never do that. They should never do that in the first place. And you go on the party with little baby too much and all that. Y'all getting arrested overseas. I just don't, man. I don't like it. So I'm disappointed in the Nets. Now I'll go to this team. I'm a Lakers fan, so I'm not too big about these guys. The Boston Celtics, man, they're disappointing. They're, it's it's embarrassing. They're two and five, and it's not Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown has played magnificent this year. Coming off an injury, the first night, opening night, that was the best opening night game we've ever seen in our lives. Top five at least. Going to double overtime. I wanted to say Jalen Brown had like almost 50. Like Jalen Brown hasn't been the issue. The issue is Jason Tatum. I know you guys will look and y'all will sit here and say, hey, <sighs> Jason Tatum's averaging 25 a game. Jason Tatum is also shooting. He's also shooting, guys. He's also shooting 39% from the field. 27% from the three. So if you're averaging 25 points a game, but you're shooting 39% from the field, 27% from the three, that means you just chucking up bricks and you keep chucking them up. Open the night, Jason Tatum shot 7 to 30, and he hasn't looked back since. He's building a new TD garden. That's, that's the Boston Celtics arena for, who, for those who don't know. He's building a new arena for the Boston Celtics. And I know there's been leaked images saying he was playing 2K an hour and 30 minutes before the game and stuff. I don't think that was him. But the point I'm getting at is you're shooting 39% from the field, 27% from the three. And I see in the comments where somebody says, Tatum thinks he's Kobe, he's more Paul Pierce in the best way possible. Absolutely. I don't think Tatum is Kobe Bryant. They, Devin Booker is closer to Kobe Bryant than Jason Tatum is. I said that years ago before Devin Booker even started winning. You can ask anybody that knows me. Jason Tatum is more so of a Paul Pierce Kind of Paul, he kind of plays like Paul George a little bit, but I don't see him in that light. I never have. Jason Tatum is a great player. He's a good player. I wouldn't say great. He's a good player. He is not, and for the people in the comments, he is not, he is not a superstar. He is a all-star. Please get that correct. I see people laughing at what I'm saying. He is not a superstar. He is a all-star. Get that together. Stop announcing everybody as a freaking superstar. So I am disappointed in the Celtics, more so Jason Tatum. Hey, you're a good player. We expect good things from good players. Get your stuff together, please, because 39% from the field, 27% from the three, that ain't going to cut it. You're 2-5 right now, so that ain't going to cut it. Now, as far as my last team that I'm disappointed in, it's the Clippers. And before you say they're missing Kawhi, I know they're missing Kawhi. They also beat the Utah Jazz, who were the number one seed in the playoffs last year. They beat them handily without Kawhi. They also took Phoenix to six games without Kawhi. So coming into this season, I'm expecting more from this Clippers team. Paul George, you got to give it to him. He can't make his teams better. I, I, okay. But Paul George, you got to give it to him, though. 
He has came this year, and he has shown up, shown out, and has done his thing this year. He's averaging over 25. He's playing good. He's getting clutch buckets. That's great. But the guy I expected to take a, a step forward to, I thought it was going to be Terrence Mann. I thought he was going to take a step forward. And I thought Reggie Jackson, he was going to be that Reggie Jackson we saw from the playoffs, averaging 18, 19 a game, putting on the show, putting on, putting on the clinic, doing what he was supposed to do. I thought he was going to be a better player. He is not. I thought Terrence Mann was going to take that next step into a two-way elite player where he could average 15 points a game, five, six rebounds a game, and he's locking up the best, the best player on the other team each and every night. And so far, the Clippers have not done that. With that being said, I want you guys to hear this out. I am not saying this is who I think will make the playoffs and miss the playoffs. For all I can know, the teams that I'm most impressed with, they can miss the playoffs and just blow it up. But right now, as of today, seven to eight games into the NBA season, I am impressed with the Chicago Bulls, Miami Heat, Toronto Raptors, and Utah Jazz. I am disappointed in the Boston Celtics, my Los Angeles Lakers, Brooklyn Nets, and the L.A. Clippers. Honorable mention in being impressed, uh, I guess I would say Golden State. Even though Golden State hasn't played anybody, it's still impressive that you're 6-1 without Klay Thompson. It doesn't matter who you've played. I, I, I need to put that in the honorable mention. We'll see what they're made of later on in the year. But Steph Curry looks impressive. Draymond Green looks impressive. It's awesome. And I'm also disappointed, honorable mention, Portland Trailblazers. But I think Damian Lillard, he's a, that's a superstar. He'll get it together. And, you know, they'll figure it out. Him and Chauncey Billups, CJ McCullum and the crew, they'll figure it out. But, man, hey, we're going to take a quick break. Just quick 30, 30-second, 30 one-minute break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come right back. I'm going to give you my top 10 teams in the NFL uh, we saw some good NFL games this week. We saw Aaron Rodgers, you know. Hey, he took down Arizona by himself, but now he got COVID. So we're going to get all to that. We'll be right back in a second right after this. Told you we'd be right back, man. Hey, hey, we don't take long breaks. We try to get straight into it, man. I try to keep y'all engaged, and I want to keep y'all engaged. I am hope I'm doing the same. I'm, I hope I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But this is The Six Man with Cam for people that just joined. You can catch me on Instagram, at The Six Man with Cam. We on, well, obviously, so I see some people, we're on the YouTube. We stream every Wednesday, 6.30, every Wednesday, IG Live. On Instagram at the Six Man with Cam every Thursday. We do do that. We like to recap. But hey, I, I will admit, I have my top 10 teams, but I lost my list. But I think I remember. But I'm going to give this is off the dome now. This is off the dome. This is who I think is the best teams in the NFL currently. Right now, and I'm going to start one through 10. Last week we went 10 through one. This week we're going to go one through 10. I got the LA Rams. I'm impressed, man. They're only loan losses against the Arizona Cardinals. I'm impressed. Matthew Stafford, 
MVP favorite, him or Tom Brady, you choose one. He beat Tom Brady. He outplayed him head-to-head. So I would definitely go with the Rams at one, man. Rams at one, I think they're on to something. They just picked up freaking Von Miller. For those who don't know who Von Miller is, that is the Super Bowl MVP from a couple of years ago. I want to say 2015 where they beat Cam Newton in that 15-1 Carolina Panthers team. Von Miller was a goon in that game. He's the one that recovered that fumble and got that sack against Cam Newton. They got Von Miller. They got Aaron Donald. They got Jalen Ramsey. Cooper Cup leads the NFL in receiving yards and touchdowns. You don't even have you don't even have Cam Makers or Derrick Henderson back. You only got your third string running back in Sony Michelle. You got Robert Woods. You got Matt Stafford. You got Sean McVay. Man, hey, like I said, I said on the IG Live, I said a few weeks ago, the Super Bowl is going through so far. I got the L.A. Rams at one. Number two, believe it or not, I got the Dallas Cowboys. Them boys look good. Damn. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, hey, they look good. I will put it like this. The Dallas Cowboys, they just beat a Minnesota Vikings team who I don't think is great, but I respect them because they have a good defense. Kirk Cousins is above average quarterback or average to each his own. Dalvin Cook is a top five running back. Not only did Dallas beat them and shut down their offense with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and the crew, they also beat Minnesota with a second-string quarterback in Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is a second-string quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. And they went in there and they beat. <laughs> they went in there and beat the Minnesota Vikings on the road. That's impressive. The Dallas Cowboys with that Prescott when he comes back. Dare I say they're a Super Bowl contender. The NFC is rough right now. Because right now, my top five teams, all of them are in the NFC. The NFC is rough right now. So that's number two. Number three. Number three, I got the Green Bay Packers. And here's why. The only reason why I don't have them, number one, prior to Aaron Rodgers, for one. Let's give kudos to my main man, Aaron Rodgers. That's my favorite football player of all time. Let's give kudos to him. Not was he missing one. Two, he was missing three wide receivers, three starting wide receivers, 11 starters, two of your starting cornerbacks, three starting wide receivers, and you was missing your starting center, and you went in there and beat the Arizona Cardinals, who were at the time 7-0, undefeated. You went on the road. You're throwing to me, my mom, and my dad. You're throwing to me and my mom and my dad, and somehow you win the game by throwing the football. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is handed the ball if he threw 100 yards. Aaron Rodgers almost threw 300 yards. No, no interceptions, two tuds. And somehow you beat the Arizona Cardinals in their own stadium. That is impressive. But like I said before we um, came back for this segment, Aaron Rodgers, they played, and I'm upset. Last year we got robbed of it because Aaron Rodgers, I think, no, Patrick Mahomes was injured. Not last year, but the year before, Aaron, um, Patrick Mahomes was injured when they played the Green Bay Packers. And you saw you got to see Aaron Rodgers against the backup at Kansas City. Now Aaron Rodgers, we saw that bad man dress up like John Wick on Halloween. Well, he got COVID. So now you can't see Aaron Rodgers go up against Patrick Mahomes, who, I mean, man, that's a game for the century, man. You get to see the two best quarterback talents of all time, Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, go head-to-head. You missed it the first time because Mahomes got injured. Cool. Now you got to miss it because of COVID. Hopefully they can figure some things out. But, man, hey, the Packers, they look like they're on the ride. Hey, that, that was a statement game. I was impressed by the Packers. Do I think they're better than the um the Rams? No, because I don't think Aaron Rodgers has that much help against that defense. Do I think they're better than Dallas? As of right now, no. But 
Aaron Rodgers do own the Dallas Cowboys. Don't make me bring up the history, Dallas fans, who's in here. Aaron Rodgers do own them, boys. So I got the Packers at three. Number four, I got the Arizona Cardinals. I can't slide them from one to five. They slide from one to four because I do think the Rams are better, even though they beat the Rams. I do, I do think the Dallas Cowboys are better, even though they play the Dallas Cowboys in a few weeks, and they just lost to the Green Bay Packers. So I got to put Arizona at four. Kyler Murray, he, he, I wouldn't say he got disposed, but, I mean, you can't win every game. Kyler Murray didn't play a terrible game, but DeAndre Hawkins, him being injured, I'm having a little issues with that. I don't, I don't know how much I like that. He's, he's getting injured. He's not healthy. A.J. Green, stop. Hey, y'all stop blaming A.J. Green. He obviously thought that was a curl route. I don't think he knew not to jump for the ball. He thought it was a curl route. They met. They, hey, it happens. It happens to the best of them. You rather have it. You rather have that happen in game eight than in the playoffs. Sorry for Arizona at four. I got Tampa at five. Um, I know Tampa just lost to the New Orleans Saints. I do know that. Before y'all hit me with, oh, they just lost to the Saints. Tampa's still number five. Come on, y'all. Let's not be stupid. Tom Brady. They're not healthy either. They're missing a lot of people. Uh, Whitfield Jr., they're missing Antonio Brown, Gronk. Once they get all them guys back, we're talking about Tampa being the number one team in the league. And, you know, I, I think Tampa's going to be okay. I don't think they're going to have any problems. But my number six team right now is going to be the Tennessee Titans. And, man, prayers going up to Derrick Henry. Uh, he's out for the season. That sucks. I have him on my fantasy team. But, no, to be real, uh, Derrick Henry, he's out for the season. That's the best running back in the league. I had some what I would call – I wouldn't. I, I don't like to use the term idiots, but I had a lot of people come and tell me Christian McCaffrey's better than Derrick Henry, and you got you to lay off of it if you know what I'm talking about. Just y'all tripping. Derrick Henry's the best running back in the league. But losing Derrick Henry, um, you know, having Julio Jones basically – here one game, missing three games. I will put Tennessee at number six out of respect, but do I think they're the number six team right now? I would say yes, it's out of respect, but in a couple of weeks they're going to fall. They're done for the year. I don't know if they're going to win their division. I don't see Tannehill winning with him and A.J. Brown. That defense is decent but not great. I got them at six. I got Buffalo at seven. Buffalo is still – only reason why I have Buffalo at seven because they lost to Tennessee, but Buffalo has the number one rush um, – a top five defense – a top five offense. The number one rush defense, the number two passing defense. Buffalo is real. Josh Allen is real. I love him. Um, you know, I, I, I love Buffalo, so I got him at number seven. That's straight up out of respect. Number eight, this is where things kind of get – it kind of gets sketchy for me, but number eight, I'll put Baltimore. Um, Baltimore, they got, they got whooped really bad by the Cincinnati Bengals. They got whooped really bad, and – I'm not going to judge them because Baltimore, now that's the most injury-riddled team in the league. I think they're missing like 15 players. Baltimore's 5-2. Lamar Jackson, I have to give him credit. He's looked really good passing the ball this year. Yes, Lamar Jackson is passing the ball. So he has looked really good passing the ball this year. Um, you have to give them boys credit. So I have Baltimore at number 8. Um, Lamar, I, I think they get it together. He's a great regular season quarterback. It's just left to be said what he does in the playoffs. Now, I will put it like this. Number nine, my IA, not my Falcons, but I'm saying my Falcons play them boys this week. They play them boys in the New Orleans Saints. And I know Jameis Winston just tore his ACL and just went out with an ACL injury and is out for the season. But you cannot deny the fact that New Orleans still looks good with whoever under center. I, Sean Payton is an offensive genius. <clears throat> He's one with Teddy Bridgewater under quarterback. 
He's one with Taysom Hill, who is a tight end under quarterback. And now this past week, you just beat one of the best teams in the league with your third-string wide receiver in Trevor Simeon. You just beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Trevor Simeon, and you're sitting at 5-2. You don't have Michael Thomas. Now you don't have Jameis Winston. Taysom Hill's been up and down, kind of out, out, out off the roster. He's been injured. And you're still 5-2. and two. I told my dad, I know my dad's watching the show. I told him at the beginning of the year, he asked me, will the Saints be a bad team this year? I said, heck no, hell no. You want to know why? When this comes good, co- good coaching, comes good teams. So the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mike Tomlin, they, all them years they didn't have Big Ben, they still going 8-8. He's never had a losing season. So that's the same thing with Sean Payton. Sean Payton is not a good, he's a great coach. And I have the New Orleans Saints at nine. My Falcons play them this Sunday, and it's going to get ugly because the Falcons don't have an O-line. They're missing Calvin Ridley. You know, I hope Calvin Ridley gets better with the mental health. Mental health is a very serious thing, guys. It's very serious. Take that serious. And then, uh, you know, so the New Orleans Saints, man, you got to give respect. Respect is due. They're, um, they're number nine. They're five and two, and they're, hey, they're looking damn good. So I got New Orleans Saints at nine. And number 10, this is out of respect because they've gone to the Super Bowl back-to-back years. They went to the NFC Championship three years ago. I mean, AFC Championship three years ago. I got the Kansas City Chiefs at 10. They haven't been impressive this year, but it's just something in my head that's clicking. Maybe Kansas City will get it together at some point. Maybe Kansas City will get it together at some point. Maybe Kansas City will ha- will get in some type of flow, but Patrick Mahomes, 19 touchdowns, 10 picks. I will say this. Please, <clears throat> please stop comparing Patrick Mahomes to Aaron Rodgers. It's not even close. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. There has not been – Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown 10, touch, 10 interceptions in a season since 2011. It's 2021. Put it like that, in 10 years, 10 years straight, there hasn't been a season where Aaron Rodgers has thrown double-digit interceptions. Don't put him and Patrick Mahomes in the same sentence no more. Patrick Mahomes is more like Brett Favre. He's a gunslinger. He goes for it all. And he it, it, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's a Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, NFL MVP. I think if Patrick Mahomes, regardless if he wins another Super Bowl MVP, he will go to the Hall of Fame. Do not get me wrong about that. But what I will say is stop comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. Stop comparing him to Tom Brady. He has a long ways to go. And this year, when he doesn't have a defense, when things are not cooking, Travis Kelsey kind of getting up in age, people are figuring out Tyreek Hill. He hasn't had the greatest year this year, 19 touchdowns, 10 picks. Do I think they'll get it together? Absolutely. But we will see what Kansas City is made of. They have the hardest strength of schedule for the rest of the year by far. They have a 68 win percentage of strength of schedule left on the NFL season. We'll see what they're made of. We'll see what they're talking about. Honorable mention for this list, if I had to pick a team, honorable mention, even though they just lost to the freaking Jets, I will put the um, Cincinnati Bengals honorable mention on this list. Hey, Jamar Chase, you the real deal, bro. Like, you you the truth, bro. Joe Burrow, I'm sorry. Shout out to my sister. She kept she was a Joe Burrow fan. Joe Burrow, you are the truth, man. You, you, you do, you make it what you make it do what it do, man. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, that connection for the next couple of years in the NFL, that might be the next connection in the next five years. It's one of the best connections in the NFL right now. Jamar Chase, I think, is like top five in receiving yards as a rookie. He's gonna break his own teammates Justin Jefferson's record from last year so man hey that's my NFL top 10 teams y'all tell me how y'all like it comment down in the comment section tell me if you like them top 10 teams I think it's pretty accurate I'll say it again 
I got the freaking Rams at one. Um, I got the Rams at one. I got to look at this uh, thing. Yeah, I got the Rams. Dallas at two. I got Green Bay at three. Arizona at four. Uh, Tampa Bay at five. That rhymes out the top five. Um, number six, I got the Tennessee Titans. Number seven, Buffalo. Number eight, Baltimore. Number nine, New Orleans. And number 10, the Kansas City Chiefs. Y'all comment in the comment section and tell me if y'all like that. Tell me what y'all think about that. I think that's a good list. You disagree with me if, um, if you think I'm wrong. But, hey, we're going down to the last segment. We got another 15 minutes to go, and then we're done. Hey, we're going to take a quick one-minute break. I haven't lied to you yet. It's been 30 minutes, to, I mean, 30 seconds to a minute. So, hey, y'all stay right here. Just grab a little drink, something like that, and we'll be right back after this. not gonna hold y'all up man i told y'all i'll be right back i tell no lies i tell no lies they say a drunk man tells no lies well i'm a sober man that tells no lies at all six man with cam is back you can catch us live um on youtube facebook you can follow me on ig at the six man with cam i interact with all with anybody that comments and says anything um i'm always interactive i always got something to say if you want to come chop it up we are on ig live every day well not every day Every week on every Thursday, we are on IG Live. So y'all, please, y'all, you know, you come, talk talk it up, chop it up with your boy. But, man, I see some, I, I, I'm going to read some of the comments. I see my pops, he's saying, no Falcons, just kid. Hey, yeah, hey, I hope you just came about the Falcons, man, because, nah, they don't have a chance. I see I see some other guys, Panthers, Super Bowl champs this year, no fly zone. That Panthers defense, y'all boys are legit, but y'all don't have the offense to do it. Um. I see my boy saying the list was pretty accurate. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Hey, I want before we start this segment, these last couple of minutes, we got 13 minutes left in the show. I just want to say I appreciate everybody that's coming out and watching it. I definitely appreciate it. Please do not think I don't appreciate it. If I'm not able to get to you after the show and thank you, I'm thank you right now. I appreciate you for coming out because you're taking time out your day to come just watch me talk sports and chop it up. So I definitely appreciate it. You don't have to do that. But, hey, I, I wanted to touch on the topic. We're going to go back to the NBA because this is the six-man with Cam. Six-man standing as NBA, six-man, Lou Will, Manu, those type of guys. Um, I will say this, man. I've been, I, I'm rather impressed with what I've seen this year for some of the players. I know Dame Lillard's having a down year right now. It's just seven games in, so I wouldn't say a down year. I know, um, I know James Harden's struggling right now, but those are great players, superstar players. They get it together. But, man, I got to give you all my NBA predictions for – uh, I mean, NBA superlative predictions for this year. Um, right now, we'll start with the league leader in points. Um, I do think, as far as leading the league in points, I think I'll give you two guys. I think Steph Curry has a chance to repeat um, being the scoring title leader for this year. I think he has a chance to get that scoring title one more time. Um, if you know me, I, I, I don't think Steph Curry is the best point guard in the league, but I think he is a good leader. He's a good leader to the point – he can relate to all the fans because he's not the 
vocal, giving your face leader, but he's the leader that cuddles you and makes you feel like you're supposed to be there. And I think Steph Curry, he's going to have a great year as far as scoring points. I really do. And I seen in the comments earlier, do I think there'll be a legitimate threat when Klay Thompson comes back? I have the Golden State Warriors as of right now in the Western Conference Finals. I'm not going to book that, but as of right now, with Klay Thompson, even Klay Thompson come back 80%, I have them in the Western Conference Finals. But I do think Steph Curry is going to be one of them league leaders. And I also think Luka Doncic. Uh, Luka is special. I've been telling y'all that. When he gets in shape, he always starts off the year slow. That's one guy he comes, he comes in out of shape. But when he gets in shape, man, he might lead the league in scoring. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, like, I'm happy to just see not the weak foul calls we have seen in the NBA, NBA normally. I'm happy to not see that type of stuff anymore. Them letting guys play now. Some of these guys, like James Harden, he has to adjust his game a little bit. James Harden's a superstar. Yeah, the same thing, the same flack y'all giving James Harden now. In two months, James Harden's going to be dropping 50, and y'all going to be complaining. So I love what the NBA is doing right now. Keep the officiating up. But as far as defensive player of the year, I'll give you my top three. I got Giannis. Giannis is a superstar. He is a former NBA champ. I know my boy in the chat would love, likes me saying that. Former NBA champ, former Finals MVP. So and he's a great defender. He's always going to be in the defensive player of the year running. Um, I also put Anthony Davis in there. Um, he's been having kind of a quiet year, averaging the double-double and averaging two blocks a game and um, still in the half a game. I got to put Anthony Davis in there. Anthony Davis is one of the top – I think he's a top-five player when healthy in the NBA. You could argue that. I don't really care. Um, i see in the comments there's been some physical basketball. I love it, bro. We're going back to the early 2000s, baby. Early 2000s, that's real basketball. 2000. To 2012, those were real, that was real basketball, man. And we're getting back to that. I love it. It's not no weak foul calls. I've watched my Lakers. LeBron, he's, oh, where's my foul call? Hey, LeBron, you got to just go back to how you was playing in 2009. We good to go. Same with Westbrook. Well, everything's going to be all right. All the superstars will adjust. So don't let it fool you. Damon Lillard, you're going to be fine. James Harden, you'll be fine. Ice Trey, Trey Young, you're going to be fine. So everything's going to be good. But my third player for defensive player of the year, this is a tough one. I'm only going to give you my top three. I could give you a whole list, but I'll say Joel Embiid, man. Um, with Ben Simmons being out, I feel like Embiid has something to prove. I would put Rudy Gobert, but I think that award is getting stale to him, and he hasn't deserved it the last year or two. So I would definitely go Joel Embiid, man. I think he's going to average probably 12, 13 rebounds a game, two, three blocks, um, maybe a steal a game. I think he has a chance to win defensive player of the year. He's going to have a big year this year. Even, when ben Sim even with Ben Simmons out, um, and B, he has a chance to win Defensive Player of the Year. Do I think he'll win um, MVP? No, because I don't think he's going to play enough games to win MVP, but he definitely has a chance to win Defensive Player of the Year. As far as Rookie of the Year, it's only three guys that I'm taking very serious right now. And I'm talking about longevity. I'm not talking about, like, as of right now. As of right now, right now, you could say Chris Duarte. You could say a lot of other guys. But if I'm talking about the longevity of the season, who I think will sustain long-term success during this 82-game NBA season, my number one pick for rookie of the year, he just dropped 24 last night, hit some clutch shots against my Lakers. I watched it. And I said to everybody, he was the best player in the draft coming out this year. It's Jalen Green. He's the best player in the draft. Ain't no Cade Cunningham. I like Cade Cunningham. But, I mean, we just saw he had one of the worst NBA debuts. Granted, he's coming off an injury. Stuff like that. He had one of the worst NBA debuts in NBA history. But I think Jalen Brown, I think Jalen Green 
is better than Cade Cunningham. I think Jalen Green is the um, front runner for rookie of the year when it's all said and done. I think he'll win rookie of the year. My number two pick for rookie of the year is Scotty Barnes. Right now, if you had to give a rookie of the year choice, if you had to give the award to somebody after seven games, it's easily Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes averaging 18 points, nine rebounds, two assists. The kid is special. He's like a long-arm Kawhi that could dribble and playmake. So I like Scotty Barnes. He's my number two pick for rookie of the year. And my number three pick is that big kid from um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley's nice, man. He's nice. He, he's like – it's like Anthony Davis and Kevin Garnett had a kid, and they made Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is, what, like seven feet long wingspan, like seven, six wingspan. Dude, Evan Mobley is a monster. You see what he did to my – like I said, I keep saying Lakers. Yeah, all these young players been feeding on the Lakers, but Evan Mobley, he's the real deal. Anthony Davis, Kevin Garnett, they had a baby, and that baby is Evan Mobley. Those are my top three picks. I see where some people are saying Jalen and Cade for rookie of the year. I don't think Cade is winning rookie of the year. I don't even know. if Even if he plays the rest of the games, I don't think he wins that. Wizards are looking good. They do look good, man. They 5-2. and two. I like that. You know, I like Dinwiddie. I, I always said Kuzma, he just needed a place to go to. That's cool. Um, but as far as MVP predictions, I see somebody else in the chat. They're saying um, Embiid for MVP. I cannot have him in MVP. He doesn't play enough games. I'll give you my top five for this, and then we're going to go ahead and head out. Um, we have six minutes left in the show. This is The Six Man with Cam. You can find us on YouTube, um, IG, at The Six Man with Cam. But my top five picks, and this is of no order. If I had to go with MVP, you got to put LeBron James in every discussion. Right now he's averaging a, t- a quiet 25-5-5. A quiet one. He's missed a couple of games. Obviously, LeBron James is 40 years old, damn near. He's going to take, you know, some games off. But LeBron James, you know, he's always going to be in my top five for MVP. He impacts the game on another level. Um, I got LeBron James. Um, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, He's if he continues to do what he's doing, he's going to win MVP. But Steph Curry is in my top five for MVP. I think he has a great chance of winning MVP this year. He also has, like I said earlier in this segment, he has a chance to win the NBA scoring title in you know, I think he'll I think he'll win the scoring title, but is he is he gonna win MVP? You gotta win some games to win MVP, but he definitely has a chance. My third, this is where I started getting lost at three through five. My third, I would have to go Giannis. Um, Giannis is still playing very good basketball. His team is just injured. If you saw how dominant the Bucs were opening night against Milwaukee, I mean against the Brooklyn Nets, Bucks were the best team in the league. I still think when healthy as of right now, I ain't saying by the end of the year. As of right now, the Milwaukee Bucks, I got to give it to them. They're the best team in the league. They have the most chemistry. They're together. They want to win for one another. And Giannis right now, he is playing like the best player in the league. Regardless of his team's record, he is playing like the best player in the league. Giannis is a beast. I think he has a chance to win MVP again. All these guys that I've named right now, they've all won MVPs. So Giannis has a chance to win MVP. That's my third guy. Fourth, I'm gonna have to go. He's gonna he has a chance to win his first ever MVP. That is Luka Doncic. I think if Luka could get to that fourth seed in the West, he has a chance to win MVP, man. He has the he has a chance to score 30 points a game, eight, nine rebounds a game, 10 assists. He could put up those numbers because he's the real deal like that. I think Luka has a chance to win MVP. He is my fourth guy. Number five, y'all tell me if I'm wrong. I, I really it's it, I I've been struggling very bad with this number five pick. I I'm not putting Kevin Durant 
because of the fact I don't know if Kevin Durant's gonna play enough games, and Kevin Durant doesn't really care about that. Younger Kevin Durant, yeah, but this Kevin Durant, he's just trying to make it to the season and make the playoffs. Um, I see where somebody says mass supporting cast is not good enough. You're right, mass supporting cast is not good enough, but that boy Luca damn sure is good enough. But my dark horse for MVP, if this kid could keep it up and average 27, 28 a game, it's Donovan Mitchell. I would go Embiid, but Embiid doesn't play enough games. I would go Jokic. I just don't see Jokic having the season that he has last year. Jamal Murray will be returning this year. Michael Porter, Michael Porter got overpaid for everybody that wanted me to say that. He got overpaid most definitely. I've been saying that since day one, but no. It's Donovan Mitchell. Um, Donovan Mitchell is a superstar, man. I think he's the best under-25 player in the NBA. That includes Luka. That includes Devin Booker. When you have put a winning product on the table and you're in Utah and you and your second-best player in the playoffs, your second-best player on your team is Rudy Gobert, and you win 55-plus games a year, make the number one seed, and the only reason why you lose to the Clippers is because Donovan Mitchell gets hurt. Mike Conley hasn't played that se- in that series. Donovan Mitchell has a chance to win MVP. He was my dark horse for winning MVP. He's on my number five um, for the MVP. He's number five. I don't have a particular order for that, but those are my top five players. LeBron James, Steph Curry, Luka, Donovan Mitchell, man. All those guys, they are top five. Giannis, they are top five for my MVP. I'm going to read some of these comments, and we're going to get out of here. I see, yes, Steph Curry. Miami is definitely looking scary. I, I told you, I put Miami as my um, one of my impressive teams. My I, I did four impressive teams, four disappointing teams. Miami is, you know, they're, they're impressive to me right now. Do I think they keep it up? Yeah, for the regular season. Do I think they make it to the finals or conference finals? Hell no. I still think it's going to be Bucks and Nets in the conference finals, Lakers Warriors in the conference finals. And I'm, I'm sticking to that. If all the teams stay healthy, that's what I'm sticking to. Um, I see Trey Young and Mass supporting cast is not good enough. Yeah, you're right. But you know what, guys? With that being said, man, we are – we are at 7.30. We did a whole hour. I appreciate you guys for coming in. I definitely appreciate it. Hey, we're going to do this every Wednesday. I'm going to try to dedicate every Wednesday. Next week, I am going to try to find a guest for y'all. Um, I am in the talks of talking with a guest right now, you know, a couple of guys. So hopefully I can get a guest for you guys. This week, I wanted to do a solo show for you guys to show how much I really cared about this show and that I could do this show without a guest. And look at that. We went through a whole hour. I just wanted to do a show, um, a solo show. And, man, big shout-out to them Braves. I said, I see what you think about the Hawks. I like the Hawks. I'm not going to touch too much on it because we got a couple of seconds left. Big shout-out to the Braves. Hey, Outcast, Atlanta. We got the peach drink light ice. Soon as I'm done, I'm going to eat this, you know, eat this 10-piece lemon pepper with the peach drink light ice. You know, so – Big shout-out to the Braves, man. But next week, we're back here at 630. We're going to chop it up. College football, NBA, NFL, we're going to do that every single Wednesday. And we should have a special guest on for y'all. I appreciate it for saying great show. I appreciate it, man. I'm just trying to bring y'all good content. Hopefully, y'all can view every week. If not, this show is going to be played back. If y'all can share this to your friends, your loved ones, it'd be definitely appreciated. But, you know, hey, subscribe while y'all here. Just press that subscribe button. Put on your notifications so you can see what we're going on. At Cam Got Fans on YouTube, at the Six Man with Cam on IG. Hey, tweet at me at Cam Urshery. And man, with that being said, I appreciate you guys. And hey, I'm out, man. <laughs>